Welcome, everybody. Yes. Hello. Boom. We're back again. <laughs> Loose and will. Man. Gonna have some friends. Got the awkward intros. <laughs> All right. Should we stop? Or should we? No, let's keep going. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? Mm-hmm. It's Reese and Will. Will, the, the your hosts. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's just get right into it. Cool. Okay. Last week, we talked about heaven, how you don't go there when you die. Um, do we have any questions? When, if oh, you, if yeah, you, there was a question. There was a question. Someone asked a question. If you have questions, by the way, we want to just make this clear. Um, I don't know. Can you, you can comment on the podcast app, I think. I think so. I don't think we get notified, but we'll just look. Yeah. But if you know us, Reese or Will, I mean, it's not like we're a popular podcast or anything. Like, you probably know us if you're listening. Just shoot us a text with a question, uh, and we'll try and answer it on the next one. So should we address the question? We, we'll mention your name if you want to be mentioned. You'll get heard by 30 other people. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. More people are listening. Anyways, <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> what <laughs> should we should I uh address the question? Yeah. yeah, I was hoping you would answer it. Yeah, oh, I don't okay. Well, what should I keep it anonymous? Yeah, maybe unless they wanted to be okay. Well, okay, there's a question about if we don't go to heaven, where's Enoch at? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is found in I have no idea where Enoch is. I don't know if anyone knows where Enoch is. Well. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know where Enoch is. Enoch's an interesting one. Um, it's an interesting question. You know, it says he was walked with he walked with God, right, and then he was no more, mm-hmm. right? So he didn't die. And in Hebrews eleven, it says he was translated. It never specifically says that he is in heaven, though. We're not saying he's not. There is a verse in John three thirteen that we never even addressed, which is kind of like a money verse for mm. this topic, which says no one has ascended into heaven except for he who descended from heaven or came yeah. out of heaven, yeah. the Son of Man who is in heaven. Right. So according to the Lord, at least at that time, no one had descended into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, okay, well, what about Elijah? Elijah's a better uh, kind of stumbling block in that whole line yeah. of thought. And honestly, it's just there are a few like odd cases in the Old Testament, but it seems to be for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Like Elijah, he right descent like is on the mountain at the Mount of Transfiguration. He somehow is John the Baptist in a way, and presumably yeah. he's one of the two prophets in Revelation. So it's like we can't confine God to a box in a systematized form of theology he is doing things and it might not all you know make sense or fall into a coherent way but like in the end it will but we can't say well this is the way that god operates every time and he is bound by that law Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a case like that but but for this it's just like yeah there's a few odd cases moses's body was taken up by michael and Yeah. yeah he was on the mount too he's probably one of the prophets revelation but for sure there's no like standing of well, if you're a good person in the Old Testament, you go to heaven. Right. That's just not found anywhere. Mm-hmm. Samuel being a perfect case. Jesus saying that in John three, um, and then just all of the Hebrew scriptures right. 
point to that. David, all your people who you think would be there, um, they're not. Mm, right. Yeah. And this brings us to our topic today. Okay. Yeah. Right? Because most of the time, the gospel's goal are, well, okay, dang it, I gave it away. What? <laughs> the topic. The topic is what does the Bible say about the gospel? Oh, we keep we trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, or I was trying to like shock factor. You know? Shock factor. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, most of the time this is like the Gospel of John, when you you like hear out in chapter two, like and Judas who would betray him. Oh, right. And you're like, what if I'm reading this for the first time? I'm trying to. You you want to be? I want like the a good suspense ending. to build. Yeah, but nope. John's no. just like spoiler alert right at the beginning. And then he writes Revelation and then like ruins the whole thing for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> oh, man. No. Yeah. I'm really glad we have Revelation. He's not, I'm sorry. He's not a J.K. Rowling. He's, he's given it all up to us at once. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> what are, so we're talking about the gospel today. Yeah, we're talking about the gospel. Because I think, well, for one, we have to because Will said we are last week. Uh, all the pressure's on Will for our topic. So. Um, but on the other hand, I think it's a great option or great decision because for me and I'm sure for you or for Mm -hmm. many Christians the gospel consummates in going to heaven even it's consolidated in this package of believe in Jesus so you go to heaven Mm -hmm. and not hell and if our podcast from last week if what we were discussing is right um, that doesn't work anymore right um, not saying people who heard that and believed in Jesus are not saved because your salvation is not dependent on you know what you thought the end goal was. Your salvation is dependent on believing in Jesus right. as your Lord and Savior. Right. But what is the goal? What is the gospel? What is it? What did the apostles preach? What did Jesus preach? And what yeah. should we preach? Right. And it's a great question. Mm-hmm. What did they preach? I mean, what was the whole purpose of the new testament you know because right. i mean most of them are letters most of i mean i guess all of them are letters but mm. all mm. the books in the new testament the ones especially the ones that paul wrote right mm. he's writing to the churches which are believers he's not just writing random gospel letters you know huh. he's yeah. writing to these people that believe and then he's giving them i mean especially we see it in the book of like ephesians or colossians or i mean even romans is called like the gospel book the romans road or whatever but right anyways it's we just invite you to be open-minded with us mm. and just kind of search the Bible and mm-hmm. commentary or, or history or whatever just to see how these things line up. And hopefully it will transform your Christian life right? and also give us a more important message of the gospel. Right. So I think um, we should get into a verse that I think will help guide our discussion. Mm-hmm. Um you can help me out with where it is. It's in Matthew, I think it's in 24, maybe it's 24, 14. Yes, okay. So Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole inhabited earth for a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. The reason why this verse um, is going to help guide our discussion is because it's called the gospel of the kingdom. Right. The gospel is of the kingdom. It, it concerns the kingdom, a kingdom. Right. And what that kingdom is really can help sum up or 
the whole Bible, um, from Genesis to the original goal that's revealed there, all the way to Revelation, what is found in the end. Yeah. Yeah. What do you... Well, I like this word. I was looking at this word gospel, Uh right? And at at the time of the Romans, apparently, they would actually preach the gospel when there would be a new emperor established. Mm. Or like a new... What what, what would they call him? Caesar. A new Caesar? Yeah. And so like this word gospel that is like coming out is it's like this good news of a new ruler, of a new... Wow. Basically, basically... I don't know, what do you want to call it? A new... New authority in town. Yeah. It's a new... New sheriff in town, right. basically. It's yeah. just like, that was their gospel. And so... You mean you mean like they would use the word, the Greek word for gospel? Yeah. In was, describing that? Yeah. That was like how it would have been understood. Yeah. The, this word gospel. And so it's wow. like, for this gospel to be preached throughout the whole earth, is it's like, well, this is Jesus being preached. Hmm. So that message anyway, right? That's yeah. like... What is this message? Yeah. I, I just like this analogy of the gospel. It kind of gives us a yeah. picture that it's not... Gospel was not like originally like a Christian term, hmm. like some things in the Bible. It's, it's like this was a secular term that they would use to just right. bring good news. Huh. Yeah. I think, yeah, this... So we're jumping to the kind of part of like what it is, like the meat of it with that as our backing. That's really helpful. Um I think one thing, we don't have to get into all the verses because I think it would just take a while and it might not be the best use for time. Mm-hmm. But we encourage you, if you weren't aware of this, to go back and look. But if you look at um, John the Baptist, Jesus, um, the first disciples, um, what Jesus is talking about at the end, at the beginning of Acts, which is before his ascension, what the apostles preach, and then even at the very end of Acts, you'll see the same thing, which is they announce the kingdom of God. John saying the kingdom of God is near. Jesus saying the kingdom of God is come upon you, it's near. Hmm. The disciples preaching the same gospel, this gospel of the kingdom. The Lord, after his resurrection, being able to explain to them the things concerning the kingdom more and more. The apostles doing the same thing. And at the end of Acts, Paul is in his little rented dwelling place talking to people about the kingdom of God. I just say that just so that we get an understanding. Like, kingdom is the gospel, but now it's just a matter of what is this kingdom? What what is it about? What's the meat of it? Mm -hmm. I thought it might be helpful just... No, I think that's good. Lay that out. So there is a verse um, that you just reminded me of. Mm-hmm. In Acts, do you know where it is about a new king? Yeah, this was where. Um, who? What was the guy's name? Uh, Apollos. Well, I don't. Which remember. one? I'm trying to remember. Well, okay. So the verses, the verse says basically that they were proclaiming another king, right? Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like that, that just shows the gospel that the Christians were preaching, right? <clears throat> and so I, I th- it was a guy's house. Like they were persecuting this guy. <laughs> I can't think of his name now. Oh, man. If, in case anyone wasn't sure, we definitely do not seven. prepare enough for these podcasts, but we should. 17.7? Yeah, it says, and Jason, that's who the guy is. Jason. Has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. So Jason received the brothers. They received the Christians. Right. 
and they're like basically persecuting Jason, even though he didn't necessarily do anything, but he welcomed these people that were proclaiming there's another king, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyways, and so they... Are, so that, that backs up your point, which is that what they're announcing, what they're doing, what defined the Christians is that they were rejecting Caesar as their Lord right. and taking Jesus as their Lord. Not to say that they were revolutionaries, that they were disobeying the law of the land. Right. They weren't doing that, surely. But in their worship, which many people worshipped the Caesars, right, mm-hmm. or right. Um, other pagan gods, uh, who they obeyed and who they took as their king was not Caesar, but was Jesus. Right. Thus, this, this early Christian practice of calling on the name of the Lord, saying, Jesus is Lord, or Lord Jesus. Right. It has a connotation of, I mean, we don't, it doesn't make as much sense to us because we don't live in like feudal lands like in the 1500s where we have like a lord over us. Right. But back then, that was a very stark claim, which is this person is my lord. He is my ruler. I obey him. I listen to him and I do what he says. Yeah. So to take Jesus as your lord, it implies he is my ruler. He is Mm -hmm. my king. Right. And it even means he's my God because, you know, the Jews, they stopped saying the Lord's real name at a certain point in history, and they started just replacing it with this term Lord. So in your Bibles, a lot of times where it should say Jehovah or Yahweh, whatever it would be, it might just have all caps Lord because they replaced it because that was too holy of a name. So to call Jesus Lord is to call Jesus the God of Israel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because there is there is like uh, well, maybe we're not getting into it, the depths of it yet, but there is like this this uh, sphere of the gospel that's like there's the outward in a sense obeying uh, in a way, right? Like Jesus is declared the King of the universe; He is God. Like Jesus is God. That's like one of the peaks of Christianity, right? Right. It's like this man from Nazareth, whatever the whole story, right? And so there is that, and then and then. This is like my favorite part of guess what we're gonna get into is it's like now there's like a deeper, a deeper like intrinsic maybe part of the gospel. Right. Yeah, I think <clears throat> so yeah, let's go ahead and get into that actually. Because yeah, we're not talking about I a lot of people a lot of believers know this, right? They know that Jesus is their king. But I think the implications for many well, two things. First off, yeah. there's like that is a side topic. And if we want to be happy and we want to be good, and maybe if you're a Calvinist, if it's like, I want to show that I'm a Christian or I want to prove that I'm saved, then I'm going to do this. And I'm going to... So that's one thing is it's like, this is a side thing, but really the goal is still heaven. Um, So that that is something we just utterly reject. And we'll get into what the goal goal is. But the other thing is, it's taking this as an outward matter, like you're saying. Mm. Like it's King Jesus, and he has decrees, sort of like Caesar does, and we obey them. And some people take their concept of old religion, like I just need to fear God and keep his commandments. Right. And they think, okay, well, yeah, so Jesus is now my king, meaning I'm going to obey the law. Yeah. And that in itself is still so foreign to what's in the New Testament. Right. So I think we should get into this verses in Matthew 13. Um, So Matthew uh, is kind of the gospel of the four when when it comes to the matter of the kingdom. 
he uses this term kingdom of the heavens. Um, and it's the only time it's ever used. No other gospels use it. They say the kingdom of God in other places. And the whole time he's talking about the king coming and establishing a kingdom. Yeah. Um, so Matthew, I was thinking Matthew 13, uh, with the sowing of the seeds. It, I'm sure most of you are familiar with this parable. Yeah. Um, but just a couple of verses. Um, it talks about, Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some fell along the way. Birds devoured them, some on the rocky places, no depth of earth, so they sprung up and sun scorched them. Some with thorns, they choked them out, and some good soil yielded a lot of fruit. Um, so Jesus uh, interprets this parable. Uh, where does he interpret it? I think it's right. Well, he talks about the purpose of parables after that, right? Right. Why do you speak parables to them? Oh, it's 18, right? Yeah. So in 18, it says, You therefore hear the parable of the one who sowed. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away that which has been sown in his heart. And then he he interprets what all the different elements mean. But um, the point is, in his interpretation, the seed is the word of the kingdom. It's the gospel of the kingdom. And... When this gospel is preached, what it should do is not outwardly regulate us, but it inwardly grows in us. Mm, nice. And it, it comes in to like our heart. Yeah. That it's, he says the good earth is our heart. Um, or the earth, whatever the earth is, is our heart in the parable. And the word, when it gets into our heart, if it takes good root and the heart is taken care of, then it will be able to grow and flourish and bear fruit. And the fruit is, is what that kingdom life should be, the obeying Christ and obeying his voice and allowing him to reign in you is not a matter of outwardly following a law, but it's a matter of inwardly the word right. of the kingdom, the seed, the kingdom seed, Christ in you growing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's like the, because that, that gets into also where the, where like the forgiveness, the preaching of forgiveness kind of comes into this whole thing because it's like, I mean, that is still the gospel, right? I mean, like a lot of times it's like forgiveness of sins and then there's these, maybe the, the, so that, so that you go to heaven, right? Yeah. But in this case, it's like, or, or the light that we're seeing it now is that Christ came, he forgave us of our sins so that this seed, Hmm. right, can now be put in us. Right, I think even Paul's kind of, I mean, this is talking about something different, but in Ephesians, he talks about this wall being torn down, basically, and that was more of like culturally coming together. But in this case, it's like there's this also this wall of sin that we see from the garden, mm-hmm. right? There's this wall that blocks us from the tree of life. Right. And then we needed the forgiveness of that, of all humanity, of all, like, everything. The right. sin needs to be taken care of, which is where the cross comes in. Right. And then this seed, this growing. I really like what you said there because it's, it's not an outward, uh, it's not it's not outward like manners basically. Right. But it's an inward growing. Right. And it just, then it gets manifested. That's like the beauty of what the gospel is. Is it's right. this growing and developing of God in us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's another verse um, that I think we should flip to that gets into this a little bit more. It's in Romans 14. 
Um, Luke's verse 17. Yeah, Romans 14, 17, is, it says, uh, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So here we have another um, definition of what the kingdom of God is. The context is about people who are bickering over the dietary regulations um, and obeying different laws of like the Sabbath. And the point is the kingdom of God is not about the outward regulations. It's not about your eating and drinking habits, like what you do outwardly, what clothes you wear, the outward things that maybe religious people like try and make you change or maybe your own concepts make it goes either way, like whether yeah. you dress super formal or you dress super loose, you eat only meat or you don't eat meat. <laughs> yeah. There's Whatever your context is, um, it's not about the outward things. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the, Yeah, right. In the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, there's another verse that goes along with that. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Ooh, and yeah. so here's another like... Basically, this word rule is like, yeah. you only use that when it has to do with an authority being over you. Exactly. But in this case, it's an authority actually being in us. It's in something us. ruling or arbitrating in our hearts. Right. And so it's, it's like, we, we take care of this peace, and that's in a way that is our obeying and following the kingdom of God. Exactly. There's, that, that reminded me of another verse. There's just, this is the theme of the whole New Testament, yeah. so it's so easy to talk about this. Uh, in Hebrews 8, Paul talks about this. He, he's quoting the Old Testament in Jeremiah 31. Uh, 8.10 says, For this is the covenant which I will covenant with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will impart my laws into their mind, and on their hearts I will inscribe them. And I will be God to them, and they will be a people to me. And so this is the point. It's He's doing an inward inscribing, an inward work, a transforming work in our hearts. And yes, it does, you know, have to do with the law, but it's an inward law. Like Romans 8.2 says, the law of the spirit of life right. frees me from the law of sin and death. So trying to change by outwardly conforming and trying to stop sinning, um, you can try that. Um, the Israelites tried that for thousands, thousands of years and they failed and Paul right. tried it. He was pretty close to perfect, but he still failed. But that's not what the law is. It, the law is inwardly changing the affections of our heart to long for the things of God, to mm-hmm. enjoy the things of God, to do them spontaneously, not by trying, but according to our desires. And this makes us actually a, a yeah. kingdom people. It makes us something, a people that he can actually rule and uh, govern by being arbitrated right. within or ruling from within. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there's another verse... Um, we should talk about it in Revelation because this is really like the, the view of the New Testament. And I, I, actually, we should go back. I mean, we don't have to go to the verse. Most people know this verse. We've already talked about it. But this is the goal in Genesis 1, right? Like Genesis 1, 26, yeah. he says, right? They'd have my image and my likeness. Um, and they would have dominion, yeah. right? God in the very beginning was wanting a people to be his, his dominion where he can rule. And his representatives, his co-kings, people who are reigning even with him. Right. Both ruled by him, but reigning with him. Yeah. And so this is actually what we find at the end of the New Testament Revelation. Yeah. So, I don't know, do you have the verse? Well, yeah. Yeah. 
Which one is it? Well, it's uh, well, I think it's one. Yeah, it's six. It made us a kingdom of priests. Oh yes. Yeah. To him who well, yeah, I'll just read it. This is Revelation uh, one six. And made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Actually, go read from the beginning of the paragraph. To him. Okay. Yeah. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Okay, so there's the first part, right? Yeah. And made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So the, the freeing us and the shedding of his blood was to make us a kingdom yeah. and priests. That's right. This is, I mean, this is just a radical concept that the, the goal of the gospel is not, obviously it's not a place. I mean, if you still think it's a place, you should talk to us and, in person and we can get into a lot more verses. But that's, yeah. that is just a totally foreign concept in the New Testament. It has to be superimposed. Yeah, that's right. And... Verses have to be manipulated, especially Matthew, actually, where it talks about the kingdom of the heavens, because the kingdom of the heavens in Matthew, it's all about the heavenly realm being brought to earth. Your, you know, your kingdom come, right. right, to earth, the heavenly ruling within. But people take that and it's like, yeah, the kingdom of the heavens is like this. It's like, oh yeah, this is what heaven's like. Just, oh gosh, it's, now that I've seen this, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's just so stupid. I mean, I don't know. I can't do it. it now, once you get on the other side, right. then you're like, okay, why did I think that? Right. You know, but it's because we have all these other concepts mm-hmm. that, come and in. yeah, and really, I mean, there is there is this side of, you, I mean, you really have to look for it. The reason I've done our own fair share of research, but throughout history, you kind of see where this thought starts coming in. Of yeah. Basically, leaving this material world to find a better one, mm. or to be in a better one. Right. That ultimately, I guess, God created or, or some sort of thing like that. You know? yeah. I mean, it's not saying that, that heaven... Um, there is this divine aspect. When it says that in, in John one fourteen, that the word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. It's like, from that point... From that point... Okay, sorry. Before that point... Mm-hmm. The only place that that happened where God dwelled was in a physical building. Right. And if you want to contact God or be in God's proximity, you got to be in this place. Yeah. Right? And now there is this human being walking around, talking about Jesus when I say now, that there's this human being walking around with basically the kingdom in him, with God in him. Right. That is reigning him, and he has a whole life. I think we've talked about that before, like, what would Jesus do? Yeah. He would live by another life, right? He's going to follow the Father. That's what he did. Right. And then when he died, right, resurrected, yeah. the Spirit comes to us. Yeah. And now, basically, we are following in his footsteps of living this kingdom life in an inward, hidden way. Right. Right. And that's the thing, too. It's like, so the king... I think the reason people get tripped up is because there is a language in the Bible about a coming kingdom. And they think, okay, so all the verses about the kingdom are about the future. Um, but the Bible talks about both. It, it, it can't be put into one you know, systematized theology. There's a hidden aspect, which is the kingdom seed ruling and reigning in our hearts, Christ being made Lord. Um, we, we take the, uh, what would you say? We're, we're like the, he's the forerunner, and we're following him forerunning for the rest of the right. earth. 
And then when he eventually does come, um, then every knee will bow. Every yeah. tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. But until that day, there are there is a kingdom people, as John said in Revelation 1, who uh, obey him currently. And the reward for that obedience, for obeying the kingdom seed within, for letting it grow, is that we will reign with him in the coming kingdom. And so there's this verse in Revelation 3. It says, He who overcomes, to him I will give to sit with me on my throne, as also I overcame and sat with my father on his throne. And then when you get into other verses about the millennial kingdom, you see that the apostles, the 12, were going to be reigning over the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. And the rest of the people, it seems like they'll be reigning over the rest of the world as God's representatives, yeah. as his, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's in Second Corinthians 5? Uh, like ambassadors oh, of Christ. Nice. Yeah, like we're, that's a good word. You're, you're, you're ruled by him inwardly. Thus, you're able to reign with him outwardly, outwardly. among uh, over others in in the kingdom. Yeah, um, it even says in Revelation two, you know, if you ever come, you will shepherd the nations with an iron rod. Mm-hmm. So in Revelation twenty one and twenty two, it says we serve him as his slaves, but it also says that we rule with him. Right, we're kings with him, and so it's a paradoxical relationship. But this is really God's goal. Mm-hmm. This is what He's trying to produce in us. And this is our gospel, that a new king has come, and he wants to establish his throne in the hearts of men. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, I don't know. I think, I think that was pretty good. Okay. What should we do next? Now, you always ask me. Why don't you ever do it? Well, I don't know what should be next. Well, let me think. The gospel, what would be the natural progression? Talk about the gospel. Well, we haven't talked about... You know what? Nope, I'm not even going to say it. You do it. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> say it. Say it. Baptism. Oh, we didn't talk about baptism, did we? No, not yet. That's actually a good... Uh, yeah, a lot... Of, oh, man. Okay, okay. Next, next one's going to be good. Next one's going to be controversial. But anyways, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that is part of our gospel preaching. That makes sense. This is good. Okay. Any any last words for the crowd? Um, donations or yes. Why do we always have to try and why you put me on the spot for this joke again? We don't want your money. <laughs> you made you made the joke the first time. I thought it was. Hey, okay. What you can do, um, we don't want your money, but if you comment on the podcast, oh yeah, uh, that's cool. Rate us. It helps us out. Uh, helps it be you know more known. But also the comments, more feedback or asking us questions, it really helps us in like what topic we'll pick yeah. or what we're going to talk about. So that'd be really helpful. Um, yeah, if you have any donations, you can Venmo us at. Mm, we don't. We don't take. We don't take money. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sorry. We should think of these jokes earlier. Okay. Well, bye everyone. Hope you you know, hope this enjoyable or helpful or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs>